Welcome to episode 5 of Me, Monks and Madness, where we're going back to Linda's farm, me and Dale. Uh, hope you enjoy the episode. You ready? Yeah, I'm going to turn you up just a touch. Yeah. Turn it up. I'm good. Cool, me too. So we'll take it from here. About 10 minutes in. Okay. That's an easy one to end out. <clears throat> Uh, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> I'll keep that in. Keep that, keep that for the. Um... That's the intro. That's the yeah, start. Yeah. Are we that that? The <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, this is episode five, I believe, of Mead Monks and Madness. I believe it's episode five, and I think we're going to revisit Linda's phone, I believe. Only because I just feel like the first episode where it's just me chatting away, I just don't feel it does it justice. And I'm here. Yeah, I think we need two people. Two people's <laughs> all the best, I think. You need that back and forth, you know? Yeah, definitely. I even hate listening to myself back if it's just an episode with me. I hate it. I think, I reckon, I reckon everybody probably feels that way about it. I also, yeah, I find it really boring. Like, I don't know how anybody has listened to those episodes because I don't like listening to them. Uh, I think I think you've got a good voice for it. Your little oh, shorts, your little shorts on Facebook are pretty good. Just me to sleep. But yeah, I think we're going to revisit it. We're going to do it some justice than that first episode we did. We'll talk about Lindisfarne. We'll talk about the Priory. We'll talk about the castle. We'll talk about the Farn Islands that are nearby because they're all linked. I reckon then we can go through because there's also a link to Durham. We'll talk about Durham Cathedral a little bit. And then that'll link us into the Normans. So I think we've got like a big expanded episode on this one. Yeah, sounds good. What do you know about it? What do you know about Lindisfarne? What do I know about Lindisfarne? Well, going on my uh, my very, very uh, low historical knowledge, um, I have, I think I've been telling you, I've been recently been watching uh, lots of Viking-esque programmes and <laughs> um, so uh, on on your uh, recommendation actually so finish watching uh, last kingdom Good uh, and just finish watching um the initial run of series of vikings on prime as well uh, and of course linda's farm features quite significantly in both probably more so in um i don't know actually probably equally in both actually you're also uh, forgetting it features in norseman as well right at the end. yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and it's kind of sparked my interest, which is why I kind of said to you, it'd be if I was coming on for another episode, I'd quite like to talk about Linda's farm again, uh, learn a bit from yourself, a bit more about it. Um, I think, and it would also follow on from our Bamber episode as well. Yeah, yeah, because obviously Bamber linked. Bamber's quite close by, right? Is I mean, you can see Bamber from yeah. Holy Island, and you can vice versa. Yeah, I did admit as well. I um. Uh, I recently started playing uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla again, and I did try and look for both Bambra and uh, Linda's Farm, but sadly they're not on the map. They didn't put it on, and that's what I don't get. They've got Porchester Castle. You can go to Porchester Castle in Assassin's yeah, Creed got... Valhalla, which I thought was very cool. They've got um, Scarborough Castle as well. They've also got Scarborough. I've been there, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they don't seem to have anything that kind of represents, which is a bit of a shame, but... Hey, it's, it's it's fine. It's it fine. might be a bit too cliche for them. Yeah, yeah. but um, I mean, in terms of what I know about it historically, I mean, obviously, having watched the shows, I know that um, 
at, at a certain point in time, there was obviously quite a substantial Viking raid uh, on Lindisfarne, and uh, I think a lot of the, uh, the the monks that were there were probably lost their lives at that point, and a lot of the treasures were kind of taken from that area. The ones that couldn't run died. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was actually later on, that was about 793, and that was like the first, funny enough, it was actually the first documented Viking raids that had been happening up and down the country at that point for mm. quite a while, especially sort of along the south coast as well, but in 793 was sort of the first documented because they decided to attack people that were actually literate. Well, I was going to say, because obviously in the, um, again, I'm purely going on what, what was in the programmes, but um, the first shot of Inside Lindisfarne is you've got all the monks that are scribing. Um, so, yeah, it kind of makes sense that that would be the first recorded because you've actually got people there that can, as you say, they're literate, they can read and write it. I guess it would have been in Old English at the time. Uh, it would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah, Old English was around, around yes. then. So... Because I don't think, because the, they were still Celtic Christians, I believe, at that yeah. point. So they were, they were still heavily influenced by the sort of Irish Christianity as opposed to the Roman Catholicism. Yeah. Which um, came a little bit later on. In terms of my general knowledge about the area, I obviously know about the causeway that leads out to Lindisfarne, and that you can only get you can only get to it at certain points of the day, right? Because yeah, the when the tide's out, out. yeah, yeah, and the, the tide, tide comes in quick, very quick. You can go on YouTube and watch people call out on it all the time. I do it all the time. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's great, but I don't think people if they've never been there or they don't understand the sort of coast around there, they don't kind of get how quick the water the tide comes in yeah it's, it's very frightening <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially you're going to witness it or anything um i like I, I love watching it and uh when you're when you're actually on Lindisfarne as well and you get around to sort of the island and there's uh there's an old lifeboat um house there and there's a beach near there as well and there's when the tide's out you can walk along and they've got kind of like a cross out on this uh almost like a sandy sort of bar, but um, the amount of times I've been there, and this is like multiple years, but I'll stand there and watch people walk across and not realise how quick the water comes in and they end up having to have take their shoes for walk back or they don't realise that <laughs> <laughs> it gets cut off. And I literally watch it get cut off in like, uh, like 20 minutes, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. I do you don't necessarily want to go swimming in our waters unless it's... Uh... Well, it's probably cold all year round, to be honest. Um, it's cold all year round, <laughs> and at the moment we have a habit, of, well, water companies have a habit of dumping out a lot of sewage and stuff in there, so you probably don't want to go swim around the UK no. at the moment. <laughs> at least it might be warm, eh? Yeah, unless you want some, like, mad disease. <laughs> um, also, <laughs> just to add well, so, um, as well, as is always customary, I say as is always customary, although this is the only second recording we've done, but um, I have uh, a little bit of tipple with me today, which is... Uh, you brought me back. It's the Lindisfarne fruit wine. Oh yeah, uh, there's a uh, elderflower. I've yeah. got to say, it's very very tasty. Um, it's right up there with some of my favourites, along with um, some Hampshire mead as well. Um, but yeah, fourteen point five percent. Nice little thirty five cent litre bottle. It's heavy man. Well, um, produced on the island as well. Yeah, but yeah, it, it tastes great. I'd highly recommend um, anyone that's out that way. I mean, if you're going that way and you're not buying a bottle of mead, are you really going to Lindisfarne? That's oh, yeah, exactly. you need to exactly. But yeah, yeah so that, that is the extent of my knowledge of Lindisfarne. So you covered, I mean, you've, you're up to about 793 in uh, in history, but we can jump back a little bit because initially 
you can jump back sort of over 100 years, and the monastery was actually founded in about 634 AD. Okay. So we're talking about a good, you know, over 100, 160-odd years, give or take, uh, where the original monastery was founded. It was founded by... Uh, by Aidan, St. Aidan, who originally came from Ireland. Um, I think he got exiled from Ireland because he was a very uh, tough Christian. Um, and they kicked him off Ireland. So he then ended up going to a small Scottish island called Iona. And they have a little abbey there. Um, and Iona, is you can get there, if you go sort of Fort William and then down, I think, to the Isle of Mull, travel down to the end of Isle of Mull and then get a boat from the Isle of Mull to... Uh, Iona, which is just a tiny little island. But that's where originally he came from, and then he was, uh, I think he was brought over by King Oswald, um, who was King Northumbria at the time. But I think King Oswald was also uh, exiled to Iona, so this is how they met. <laughs> and then they sort of brought him back to um, to to Lindisfarne, he gave him Lindisfarne essentially, and was like, you know, set up a set up a church here because I think he converted over to Christianity at that point and yeah they could kind of, you could see you could, from Bamburgh and sort of around that way you can see the Holy Island and you you know on a good day it's not foggy oh, but that was you know a good hundred odd years before that you've actually got like a few saints that have ended up coming from um, the Holy Island as well you've got Aidan and then later on I think he died in about 651 and then uh, after that, uh, you end up getting Cuthbert, St. Cuthbert, very famous saint. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of him. I think if you've watched Last Kingdom, I'm pretty sure there's they, they something trans- to do with Cuthbert's bones or something. Yeah, they, yeah. they, trans- they transport the, uh, the, like, the bones of Cuthbert mm-hmm. um, and they have a, like a holy pilgrimage. And it, passes, it actually passes through... Um, Wessex, or specifically, it passes through Winchester. Um, oh, we can take him down that far, yeah. That's it, yeah. Um, I don't know if that was accurate within the things. I was definitely yeah, in Cromwell's books, but yeah. again, I don't, I don't know how accurate that was. But, um, but yeah, and obviously, um, it's a bit like that whole thing of like, you know, oh, God is with us. It's that same mentality of like, oh, we've got the bones of Cuthbert. You know, these have to be. Um, you know, kind of revered for the time is well. They they yeah. say that he was sainted because I think when he when he died, um, uh, I think when he died and they they buried him, he died in March twentieth, six eighty seven, and then they I think they buried him. But when they when they dug him up, um, they found that his body was uncorrupted. Oh wow! Which is one of the which essentially is what I think made him a saint. So that's sort of almost like a, a saintly power to have your body uncorrupted. Obviously, yeah. the work he did as well. He was a very religious man at that point. It wasn't just it. But yeah, when they um, when they dug his body up, it was allegedly uncorrupted, which is what allowed him to become a saint. And also with that, when they moved his body, <clears throat> they moved his body because I think they were getting sick of um, the the priory being sacked and they ended up moving the priory uh, or shutting it down. Um and when they were moving it, they there was like a story where on the cart they moved it. I believe one of the wheels fell off on Chester Lee Street, uh, and that was where they that, at that point it was almost like a sign to the other monks where they built um, or, or, or put a cathedral there, a Durham Cathedral. They founded it. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting. I was I was reading up as well that um, 
So Cuthbert actually decided to become a monk after seeing a vision um, that Aidan had died. Yeah, did he watch the light go from down to the now from the heavens? Back yeah, again, while he was watching his neighbour's sheep, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, I thought that was uh, there's a lot of people back then that seem to have these kind of visions, and uh, yeah, it's in, it's interesting because yeah, we hear much about that kind of stuff these days, but I guess it's all based around the belief system, right? If you yeah, yeah. believe in something strongly enough, then you know whether 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 you what you see is real or not. Um, yeah, and obviously again, that was very much kind of taken taken as gospel back then. You know, if you had a, a religious vision, people listened. Yeah. <laughs> people, people were like, yeah. oh my god, you are godly. Never listened, or they killed you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it went one or two ways. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he he spent a lot of time on the. I don't know if you ever heard of the Farne Islands, so like a group of islands nearby. He actually um he he was a hermit. He lived on a hermitage. Um, out there on these islands, and they are remote. <laughs> They're tiny. You can walk around one in about half an hour. <laughs> they are tiny. Totally off-grid. Yeah, like you can, <laughs> you can get a boat there from, I think in the past I've ended up getting um getting a boat from sea houses, and you can go to the Farne Islands. It's now essentially it's just a home for puffins and arctic terns. That's essentially it. So when you go there, that's all you see. But they've still got his old... Um, They've got the old church there, and it's tiny. Um, and he died there. He died on the Indifarn Islands. Was later buried at Lindisfarne. Um, before, obviously, then being being dug up and uh, and removed over to Durham. But then, yeah, after you get this is so this is pre-Viking at this point. Yeah, seven oh three. You get the first uh, first raid, um, and then there's plenty more to come after that, as you well yeah. know. <laughs> Um, and then about 875, you've got the collapse of the Northumbrian Kingdom, I think, again, due to uh, the Vikings. I believe that's around the same time as the the Great Heathen Army. Yeah. Coming across them at that point, and yeah, essentially taking everything north um, up to, again, taking York um, or Jorvik, which originally would have been Eberarkham, if you're Roman. Um, the yeah, they had everything up of, I think it was north of, I can't remember the street that Alfred gave them, come to me in a minute, but yeah, they, they ended up marching down like really south, they ended up going to Norfolk, um, where did, I think Athelstan, Alfred's brother, ended up defeating them, well, well he beat him on a battle, but I think he was injured and he later died, and he was actually buried in Wimborne Minster, so I don't know if you've ever been to Paul or Wimborne, but Athelstan, Alfred's brother, was uh, was buried there. Um, and then Alfred, Alfred took over and actually beat him. I can't remember what battle he beat him at. Um, so do me head in now. I can't think of that. But yeah, he beat him, and then they were allowed everything north of the, uh, I can't remember the, the street, but that was the... Um, what you bloody call it? This is the street that they they referred. So you, the street that you crossed, you were then eventually deemed as being in Daneland, right? Was, yes. Yeah. 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 I, I can't yeah. the name of the street either, but yeah, I do know the one you mean. Um, yeah, I'm sure we can look that up actually. So, oh well, it's going to do me head in, so I'm going to have to. So yeah, <laughs> oh, I was going to do. My, I know it as well because I talk about it all the bloody time. Um. Is it Watlin Street? Yes, Watlin Street. 
but that's into the like basically up into the East Midlands beyond that point. Yeah, it was a ro- it was a Roman road. It was the old yeah. Roman road. Yeah. Essentially, took you up, up to sort of Cumbria way. Yeah. Uh, well, just like north of um, north of Wales at that point. But yeah, they had all that land. They went sort of they went allowed uh, past that essentially. That's a significant part, really. I mean, when you when you think about um, today's kind of maps, and obviously the Midlands is not really as north as perhaps it sounds because it is in in the middle of the land. So they had a substantial hold of of you know oh, yeah. England. Yeah, I mean, land. It, it, it was- if it wasn't for Alfred, the the Vikings would have had everything. Yeah, they'd taken everything. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, Alfred was so Wessex was the last king. Every other every other Anglo-Saxon kingdom of the Heptarchy at that point had fallen one by one, um, and Wessex was the only one that that stood up again and, and actually beat him. It was the Battle of Eddington in eight seventy eight, where uh, Alfred defeated Guthrum. Yeah. And then uh, I believe they the treaty was that they would um, convert. Convert. He was converted to Christianity. He was um, baptized, I believe. Yeah, there was again. Uh, there was a lot of that in uh, both the shows. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the first season of Last Kingdom just covers the Great Heathen Army. Yeah, <laughs> take it. Yeah, yeah. That 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 specific time period, as you're saying, around the kind of was it the the early to mid seven seven hundreds? Uh, oh no, sorry, the latest part, isn't it? It's like um, late seventeen hundred, uh, late seven hundreds. Um, Vikings, interestingly, on Prime covers more of the earlier period, so it's a lot yeah. more about their kind of civil wars, yes, within um, Scandinavia. But um, yeah, it's still quite. I mean, it was, funny, it was funny with Vikings because Vikings covers it, and when, with the Great Heathen Army, the Great Heathen Army was essentially led by the sons of Ragnar. Yeah. So, like it, Ragnar, had, uh, according to the Viking sagas, Ragnar had come along. I think his ship had run aground in uh, Northumberland due to bad weather, and King Ayla captured him and threw him in a snake pit, and then that that triggered sort of all of the all these other Scandinavian countries to kind of get together and. Um, and come on over, because yeah, I'm pretty sure in the first uh, season of uh, Last Kingdom they show uh, Edmund the Martyr, who was uh, in charge of like East Anglia. I'm pretty sure they killed him in a church. Yeah, that's yeah, the, that's the the area of um, Bury St Edmunds is subsequently named because of him, right? I believe so. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he yeah. was sainted. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they should, I think they depict that in the in the Last Kingdom. Yeah, they do. Sure yeah. Which is very cool. Yeah. <laughs> did they just shoot with arrows? Yeah, they weren't tied up. Yeah, they did. I mean, yeah. to be fair, I mean, pretty much anything on most of those shows. Even you know there are obviously some historical inaccuracies, but between the two, particularly on Vikings about the story of Ragnar. I mean, I don't know how. I don't know how. Well, that's based on the sagas, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how accurate the, like, um, the Revenge of Ragnar's Sons is, of, like, Ivor the Boneless and things. I haven't really looked into it. Oh, they came, they came over. Two of them, I'm pretty sure two of them were, um, two of them were, were, were heading the Great Heathen Army. There you go. I think they turned back and took York, essentially. So, like, when the Great Heathen Army split, uh, I think in the winter, they held at, uh, where is it, somewhere near Derby. 
can't think of it as a church, St. Winston's Church, where they've done lots of archaeological um, findings and stuff, and they found so much there um, that they reckon that that was where they, they had their winter camp. And uh, after the winter camp, they split, so some went sort of back north and took York, and then the rest came down mm-hmm. and got defeated by uh, Alfred. Yeah, yeah we've, that, we've gone far away from Lindisfarne now, but it all links in. This is the thing, this is what I think of whenever I go to Lindisfarne. I've been there since a, a kid, and obviously now I take my kids there. I just find it such a, it's such an unassuming place now. Like when you yeah. go there, it's very peaceful, but yeah. knowing that it's seen so much history like, and started so much and been a part, of, especially like early Christianity, uh, especially coming from Ireland, you know, like it's. It, it was almost like a, a center, you know. You go there now, and it's completely—it's just beautiful. It's quiet, you know. And it's all—it's—it's um, um, it's an English heritage site, right? So it's all obviously protected now. Oh yeah, it's a, there's a massive nature reserve there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Lovely walks and stuff. I'd love to go there and stay, so I could like when the tide. So I didn't have to leave when the tide comes in, you know. So when everyone else leaves and the tide comes in, you can actually you oh. can actually stay on the island itself. Yeah, they've got hotels and stuff there, bed and breakfast and that. Yeah, yeah. I'd, again, I'd love to. Not not done it yet. One day. One day. But yeah, I'd absolutely love that. I think it would be absolutely it'd just be incredible. Just to walk around at night as well. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But yeah, you know, they've got the priory there, so we've got the ruins of the priory. The priory would have been huge. Bear in mind, it was taken down during um, the dissolution of the monasteries by Henry VIII. But, you know, that priory would have been incredible to see. And you can still see an arch. You can see that like, one of the archways still there is still preserved, and that it's huge. <laughs> it's like red sandstone. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, it is, it's a really, really... Again, it's just one of these magical places where it's the landscape. I think what makes it so cool is the fact that it just becomes an island. Sort of like, you know, you can drive onto it. And then, I mean, you can even walk it as well. You've got the pilgrim walks when you're driving along the road and you look out sort of on, uh, to your right in the sea, you'll see um, markers, posts marking out the sort of pilgrim's pathway. So you can walk across it when the tide's out as well. There are a safe. And it's a safe route. There is a lot of quicksand and stuff around there, though, to be careful of. But it all sounds like the makings of a good Stephen King novel. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like the landscape's got it. Like it really does. And the fact that you know you can see Bamborough. I think all along that coastline always blows my mind because some of my favourite locations are along that coastline. So you can go from like Lindisfarne, you drive up, you take the coastal road. Boom, you go past Banbury, you go through Banbury, go past it, you can see the castle. We carry on driving down, and you'll see Dunstanborough. And that's another castle that, again, we'll do at some point. One of my favourite castles um, that I've been to, again, been there since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, and there's a re- really interesting story with that with uh, Thomas Lancaster and, uh, and why you built it. But we'll probably link that when we do like an episode of Warwick Castle and uh, talk about. Guy uh, Guy Beecham and Edward II and Piers Gaveston, the first Earl of Cornwall. There's like a really cool story. It's one of my favourite historical stories um, to do with all of that. It all links in. So yeah, well, I'm excited to do that. 
yeah yeah definitely and i think i said to you on the uh on the bamber episode as well i haven't really explored that side of the country too much no uh, and the fact that the fact that you've got so many places that are quite close in proximity to one another as well i mean it's, it's, um, it's, it's why i was holiday out there yeah it's why yeah. i was holiday out there I don't, want to go, I'd never, I don't want to go abroad. <clears throat> There's so much to explore in this country. Yeah. I'd rather oh, we're, steep, we're steeped in history. We're steeped in history. Oh, 100%. And then once, yeah, once I'm happy with it, I'll probably go out and look at other countries. And look at other, I think I'm off to Rome next year. Oh, that'll but be good. I'll have some good episodes lined up from that. Yeah, while you're there, if you can find out exactly how they were so far ahead of everyone else for their time and where the hell they all went. <laughs> yeah, where did all that knowledge disappear? Where did all that architecture? Do? Actually, I think that all the time. I was in um, I was in Wales. Where was I? Uh, I was. There was a really cool Roman site in Wales that was an old bath, and I fit this place, and you could walk down the road, and then they had <clears throat> old barracks, and then opposite that was an old amphitheatre. It was amazing, and again, this little sort of town. There's linked to King Arthur as well. It was like the, the the city of legions or something is what they called it. Carleon, can't remember. Okay. But uh, yeah, we'll do an episode on that at some point. But that that was again, that was amazing. That was amazing. But not only does Lindisfarne have a priory, it also has a castle owned by the National Trust now. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the castle there. Oh, I have a picture of it right in front of me now. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty formidable. Yeah, it's pretty formidable. So it's built, I think, in about the 1550s, give or take. It's not like an old, old, like it's not a Norman castle, you know. Um, just before the 1550s, but it, it, it's, uh, yeah, you're talking sort of Henry VIII period now, so we're going into like, we'll jump to the two, you know. There's still a lot of history going on in the Middle Ages and stuff. I mean, we could talk about the, uh, when the Normans come along, the Normans essentially helped build uh, Durham, the appointed Durham, they were very uh, Christian. But again, with the, with the Normans and the North, they tend not to talk about it too much because of the Harriet of the North. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, I haven't. <laughs> so there was, uh, when William the Conqueror came over, there was, uh, there was a lot of rebellion up North. And he basically went scorched earth. Um, the idea being that he would uh, absolutely destroy everything. So the idea was that he would kill anybody, any animals, any tools, any buildings were destroyed, burnt to ashes. Um, yeah, it's called the Harrowing of the North. And essentially, I don't think the North has ever really truly recovered from it. Um, but it was pretty... Pretty formidable, but uh, they believe it was over about 10,000 or 100,000 people died. Oh, wow. It, it was a massacre, yeah. And this yeah. was all done by the Normans to prevent um, to prevent any rebellion, essentially. So time frame-wise, that was what? You'd look in 10, 1069 to 1070, so okay. he, comes, he comes out, obviously conquers, as you know, what year? 1066. Nailed it. Everybody knows that. That's just <laughs> of everybody. You've got a TV to thank for that one. You have, yeah, you've got Hastings Direct or something to thank for that one. That's what you've got. But um, yeah, 1066 is the year where he came over and he conquered, defeated Harold uh, Godwinson, I believe, um, at the Battle of Hastings. 
uh, I think Harold was shot for the eye, as depicted in the Bayer tapestry, mm-hmm. um, which is again incredible. I don't know if you've been to Bayer and seen it. I have. It's again, I was a kid. I didn't really appreciate it back then, but yeah. I think of it now and it's amazing. Um, and then, yeah, you took, you know, 1069, 1070. And this is where he kind of goes up and uh, and starts the harrying of the north. But, uh, they do the Doomsday. I don't know if you've heard of the Doomsday book. That was 1086. Again, that was like a uh, a book to record like estates of land and things like this. But they they reckon about 75% of the population could have died or never returned. Wow. That's a hell of a lot. Hell yeah. of a lot. And he, I think he actually, to be fair... When he died, um, I'm pretty sure he regretted it uh, in his last words. I'm pretty sure if I get a quote of his last words, I'm pretty sure it's one of the things uh, that he sort of regretted. So according to uh, Confession on His Deathbed, I've persecuted the natives of England beyond all reason, whether Gentile or simple. I have cruelly oppressed them and unjustly disinherited them killed innumerable multitudes by famine or the sword and become the barbarous murderer of many thousands, both young and old, that find race of people. So allegedly he regretted that on his deathbed. It sort of had such an impact. I mean, it was so bad that I think even it was recorded by um, sort of monks and stuff around Durham that people were sort of resorting to cannibalism and stuff. Like it was that it was that bad eating people, cats, dogs, anything they could get their hands on. True brutes, and the I don't know if you mentioned it um, just there as well, but obviously the the Normans were essentially descendants of Norsemen, right? Yeah, that's yeah, where, yeah, they, yeah. where the name comes from. The yeah, Norman, Rollo, I Norman. think Rollo, Rollo first Vikings. So essentially, I think they when you jump back, and I think Vikings cover it a little bit. Um, they tried to take Paris, and I believe the uh, was it the Charlemagne at that point um, granted them everything north of the Seine. I think so. It was like anything north because Normandy at that point, I think, was just marshland. It wasn't much. It wasn't much. And then when you go there, I don't know if you've ever been to like Mont Saint Michel and stuff. I'm pretty sure that was Norman built, but like you, they changed it. They used that landscape. They, you know, they had that uh, really well. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, they were descendants of um, of Vikings. Of Northman, that's where the that's where the term Norman comes from. Northman, yeah, yeah. No, as I said, I wasn't. It was it was funny because I wasn't really aware of that link. My my assumption was just like, okay, Normans, you know, French Normandy. That was that was just always the kind of end point of the thought. Um, and then yeah, yeah, you're right. As I was watching Vikings, it's uh, Rollo that stays behind essentially. They, mm-hmm. I can't remember if he stays behind as like a, a hostage or is it as a to try and keep the peace, but he ends up marrying the, it's the princess of, I, think so. Again, I don't know how accurate, again, I, yeah, I don't know how accurate that is, um, but yeah, it's in, it's interesting again, so, they basically got a, a good couple of innings, the Vikings, in terms oh, yeah. of, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, you've got, so they also, you know, before that, before 1066, I think in about 1012, you had Canute. Canute was coronated as King of England. Yeah. Um, especially especially where we are, Southampton Way, which is famous for Canute. Lots of roads named after him. Mm-hmm. Apparently the, uh, the tale of Canute changing the tides is allegedly set around here somewhere. Interesting. 
Yeah, so like Canute plays a big part. It's about ten twelve, and then I think you've, this is when you get into like the breakdown of the the sort of Viking Anglo uh, Saxon monarchy because you I can't remember who takes over from him. I think it might be half Canute, which is his son uh, when he dies, and then yeah, and then it goes back to essentially Harold Godwinson ends up becoming he he was like cousin or brother or so of uh, one of the kings who ended up dying, and then he was the last Anglo Saxon king, and that's William the Conqueror. Obviously, mm-hmm. he got wiped out. But what's interesting about that is he, Howard Godwinson, had to, I think, march up north to fight off Vikings and then marched south almost straight after to then have to try and fight off uh, the Normans. So we were just getting invaded from the north and south. But uh, unfortunately, we, well, I don't know, say unfortunately, fortunately, we uh we we got invaded by the Normans, but I say fortunately because I love I love a good castle. That's what the Normans did best. They built. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They built. They built a lot. <laughs> That's they what they did. They were good at it. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, they would, so they would, they would build like wooden timber castles, so nothing sort of too special. And yeah. obviously the famous, obviously Mott, that you know the big, you know the big earthworks and stuff. And then they build the castle on top. And it wasn't until um, sort of later on that these castles got converted to stone. I mean, like the 13th century is probably like 1200, 14th century potentially. When you get the masons coming in and building the stone. But yeah, that was. That, I mean, we've gone off track again there from the Normans and everything. It's very difficult. It's all, it's, all, it's, it's all connected, and again, it's, it's, like it's all it's all these things that make up the history of the place. You know, yeah. It's all, it's all kind of it all tells the story. Originated from well, all connected to specific areas, mm. uh, and as you say, that's kind of what makes it interesting. Oh yeah, I think that's what that, that's what keeps me hooked. Yeah, keeps you going to these places just to find out these kind of like little intricate details that link it to like another place, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we so the castle was built around fifteen fifty. So jump back to castle. So we'll skip the Normans. We'll jump forward however many hundred years. We'll go into the Tudor times. But what I like about the castle is it was used a little bit. I think through it was essentially just like an, uh, to keep an eye on the harbour. Um, and it was used like a little bit, and didn't really see too much uh, action. I thought we saw some action in the Civil War and uh, the Jacobite Rebellion. Um, but then you look into, again, you've got this history, and I think it was like garrisoned by troops from Berwick and stuff for a while, and it was government owned for a long time. And we jumped forward with the castle to 1901, where it became the property of Edward Hudson, who was the uh, owner of Country Life magazine. So he essentially bought it and he refurbed it. Um, I think Sir Edwin Luchin's uh, refurbished it. And if you if you know who he is or you don't know who he is, he's the guy who uh, built the cenotaph in Whitehall in London. Okay. So then have that remembrance there and you got the cenotaph. That was that's Edwin Luchin's design. Okay. But I found I find the castle really weird. It, it, when you go in there, it kind of just doesn't. I think now because it's because it's been home, it just doesn't feel like these sort of old castles that I visit where you can tell they're sort of built for for war or they're built for sort of a defensive purpose. It just feels very much like 
like a home. Yeah, I mean, like, again, I was um, I was just having to skim through some things because it seemed it seems to be so the gap obviously between <clears throat> when Henry VIII obviously ordered it to be fortified. Yeah, and Elizabeth I. So there was there was a point, uh, as you say, where it uh, I think it's when the uh, when James the first came into power and combined the Scottish and English thrones. The yeah, the need for the castle just it just wasn't needed anymore. Exactly because of the, the the way it was commanding us. I think essentially it was uh, Henry. It was like a border control. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely was. I mean, Henry yeah. VIII um, uh, fortified it for, uh, just in case of Scottish invasion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then yeah, obviously when you when you get your first, the first Stuart King, James the first um, comes on in, uh, yeah, there's no need for it. There's no need for it. I find that for, again. We'll do. We'll go into that. We'll do the Stuarts and stuff at some point. Because again, I find the Jacobite Rebellion and things like that. I find all of the. You know me. I've got Scottish blood, so I love. I love Scottish history, <laughs> especially yeah. when they're sticking it to the English. I bloody love it. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite. Um, so yeah, yeah, we'll 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 end up doing something like that. We'll end up jumping through and sort of doing an episode or some of that at some point. And it's nice to be back doing episodes as well because it's been so long. I mean, how long, how long ago the Bam- the Bamber episode was what? Months ago. Months ago. Months ago. I can't even remember. <laughs> We've been so busy. We have been so busy with stuff, yeah. with life, um, to be able to kind of sit down together and, and record. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's good. It's nice to be back at the, the power of technology. I mean, we're over 200 listens. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, I'm surprised. I don't, even, I don't have that many friends, so I know that's not people just... I know that's people actually out there listening to it and I hope they're enjoying it and I hope they're sort of learning something or if they're not learning anything they're getting passionate about um, passionate about the history around them you know wanting to kind of get out there and explore it and find out a little bit more that's the thing is that we've got as you say there's so many people that kind of just want to kind of travel outside of the country but there is so much to see here yeah um, you know on your, on your doorstep essentially I mean I know okay, oh, you might- yeah few hours drive but you know it's still on your doorstep in comparison oh, i mean even on our doorstep i love to go i love walking around um southampton old town mm. like, I, love, I love seeing the old walls i love walking around them god's house tower like all of this you know like it, it it's still standing even the bar gate you know that, that the pinnacle of southampton the logo of southampton it's uh it, I, I often eat lunch near there you know just to yeah, kind of, yeah. i love being near it i love being near that history yeah, the just, amount of the amount of eyes and people that have walked through those gates and you know walked through that you know just think about that. It's a lot of people. Heck yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah. I have uh, I've officially polished off my um, bottle of fruit wine. So you know what that means, don't you? It means that I've now got to go back. I've got to go there. You do. Oh, you do. I've told you this for a while. Yeah, no, you I, need need to get, I need to stock up now. You need to go for it. You need to go to. You need to go to Northumberland or up York Way. Do a, do a few. Do, do what I do. I mean, they do have a, a website. Places on the way up. They, they do have a website, but I feel like a pilgrimage is needed. Definitely, you need a pilgrimage. <laughs> pilgrimage is definitely needed. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can't beat pilgrimage. It's the journey, man. It's not the destination. It's the journey. Exactly that. Oh yeah. It's be- and it's beautiful. Like you just got to get out of that part of the country as well. I'd love to live up there. So, 
here's a question. Do you have an interesting fact? Do I have an interesting fact? Yeah. No, I, I, I don't, unfortunately. I think I've given a lot of interesting facts. You have given a lot of episodes. <laughs> I've got. I, I did come. I did come uh, preloaded with one today. Yeah, I always um, ask you to as well. I always you, did, to. you did. You did kind of um, touch on it a little bit. So oh, did I? Oh. A little bit, but not. But not the specifics. So um, I was doing some reading up, and you mentioned about people getting uh, trapped on the causeway. Yes. Um, so yeah. So on average, um, a car gets stuck on the causeway. Uh, at least one every month. Wow! <laughs> so, I did. I did try and do some more reading into it and find out. You know, was that like the car's been totaled, or was it like you know, did it did it kind of get completely flooded? No, but, I think it's the intelligence of the yeah, people driving it. Yeah, yeah. But on, <laughs> so on average, um, yeah, at least one car meets its fate um, or gets stranded <laughs> on the causeway. Um, <laughs> to not paying attention which in, which is interesting because i mean i mean there's signs there's there's enough information say, out there. and we live in the age of the internet like yeah. there's no excuse I, I was thinking they must at least have you know some sort of warning to say right this is going to happen but oh they do people just get yeah, so taken aback by the by the beauty of it all and they just don't really pay attention so yeah let's go with that let's go with that yeah so every month at least one car gets stranded on the Lindisfarne causeway see that's incredible i didn't yeah. realize it was that much yeah that's amazing that's a pretty cool fact <laughs> modern history isn't it? that's good yeah but yeah i mean i think we've gone i mean we've done a lot that's a big old episode yeah, it's been good. It's been nice too, and uh, thanks for uh, inviting me back on and um, agreeing to revisit Lindisfarne. As I say, it's been it's been a place that's been a bit more current for me, and I know it's just off of watching a TV show. But um, you know, even if a TV show can spark your interest in a particular subject or, or area, or even give you some context behind it, you know? yeah, exactly that. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen Norseman, which is the comedy on Netflix. Uh, I've only watched a few episodes, but I do plan to watch more. See so that the, the, the it, it it Lindisfarne features uh, on the uh, on the last episode <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when the uh, Roman chap I can't remember his name, but the Roman slave uh, gets captured there, and it's uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Surprised me. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this episode of Mean Monks and Madness. Uh, please check out the Facebook page and the Instagram page where I've been working on uh, adding a few reels from some of the places I've visited recently. Um, and thank you for the support, and I hope you continue to listen. Thank you so much. <laughs>